How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighter's Fury. Inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. And good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. We'll go over the next hour all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Got ourselves a big, big fight week coming up next. Like, I don't do the preview thing much because we're usually reacting to what went down. So we can pretty quiet weekend. Had uh, UFC Utica. We'll touch on that uh, in a little bit. But, uh, I mean, we got a monster. Like, next weekend's a monster. Next weekend's a monster. As far as the fight week is concerned, we got a lot of stuff you have to do. I want to start with UFC 225 because this is probably the most stacked card they've had in a little bit, um, probably since the the MSG card this year, and it, it's it's really really great. In Chicago, we got two titles on the line. One of them is the interim championship, and we'll start off with the title fight. Okay, so we got Robert Whitaker versus Yoel Romero. These two matched up not too long ago when they were fighting for an interim title. And they thought that that was going to end up being the person who would fight GSP. That didn't happen. GSP stepped away. So we haven't seen Robert Whitaker in the inaction since he beat Yoel Romero. Very, very, very close fight. I thought they got it right. Um, but it was for the interim title. And it was later made that Robert Whitaker was the undisputed champion. He, you know, He's been dealing with some injuries. Um, but he is he is ready and back to go against Joel Romero. He said he had a staff infection, wasn't allowing him to train. So this fight is going to be a really, really interesting matchup. I mean, Robert Whitaker and Yoel, they fought a very, very close matchup last time. Um, maybe you could say, like, everybody's always wondering with Yoel, well, is the gas tank? Is he going to be able to go through like, Yoel's been able to show that he's got the gas tank to go the five rounds. Is he very, very uh, cautious about that? Um, certainly. Certainly. Like, that's that's definitely a thing with him where he's uh, he's looking into. But, look, he's coming off a very, very vicious win over Luke Rockhold. Really, really tough. And remember, this was that was supposed to be for the interim title. And Yoel missed weight. He took it on short notice. And so they never really got to, they never really got to settle it. Uh, as far as whether or not Yoel is going to be wearing gold right now. This is kind of, with GSP vacating middleweight, this is to see who really has the torch at 185. Robert Whitaker, you're talking about a guy who's a young pup who's really hitting his prime right now. Yoel Romero, definitely on the, uh, the, the older side of his career. But, I mean, just, he's so damn talented. He's a physical freak. And I I, I can't help but say that I am rooting for him to win this fight because... He has made it very public that he wants to bring the UFC back down here to Miami. So I don't mind saying that my bias is swayed here. I like Yoel a lot. We've had Yoel in the studio before. 
And I'm just, I marvel at his talent. I marvel at the way he goes about winning fights because the the ability he has to go from zero to 100 in a fight is just, it's remarkable. It's remarkable to see that kind of throttle that he's able to put. And sometimes it's to his detriment where, you know, the the um, the aforementioned gas tank can run low, but really hasn't cost him in this in, in a while. I mean, he has really been on and a really hell of a run. And talking about a guy who, I mean, that lost Robert Whitaker. That's as close as you get. He also had a close one with Jacare, and then there was it was some. Uh, it was it was controversial. I would say it's probably more controversial than the Whitaker fight was. And the Tim Kennedy fight had some chicanery around it, as far as the stool was concerned. But then he went out and he ended up finishing Tim Kennedy. I mean, look, Yoel is. He is he is he is just an absolute absolute monster, and I, I really feel like if he's going to do it, if he's going to ever have a title around his waist, it has to be against Robert Whitaker. But it does give me pause. Like Robert Whitaker does have the W around his waist right now. He has the championship around his waist. He's got the W in his back pocket. And for me, when you have rematches, especially this close, you think about you think to yourself, what's going to change? I mean, if we think about title ones recently. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Tyron Woodley comes to mind. Very, very similar fights. And pretty much the same result, but more convincing for for Woodley. Uh, you think about Yon and Jacek versus Rose Namajunas. Rose went out and she ended up beating Joanna worst the next time, even though it wasn't as fast. She, she made it a more elongated beating um and thinking back to other rematches other title rematches we obviously know john jones daniel cormier those guys have rematched there's been some weird circumstances around it um john ended up finishing the fight so does robert get in there know that he has it more figured out is what what's going to change what's going to be the x factor are we going to see a yoel romero who may go for broke a little bit more in this fight, thinking that he is going to have a young buck in there who knows that he he may, may be overconfident, maybe he's going to want to go through, or does Yoel step on the throttle and try and run right through uh, Robert Whitaker? Now, the problem with that is we've seen that with Robert Whitaker before. I mean, that was basically the set strategy that Derek Brunson used. And I think Yoel is better than Derek Brunson, but it it, it is to be known that Rob Whitaker's probably got the best hands in the division easily. So there is going to have to be some of Yoel tying him up again, you know, using some knees, maybe coming out with a flying knee if, if Robert Whitaker gets in a weird position, something like that. Um, it's not going to be easy to beat him in the strike game. I mean, he is he is really, really good. Um, but something tells me, like, I, I, I just don't think Yoel's story is going to be complete. Like, there's maybe a little bit of the twinkle in my eye of Michael Bisbing uh, retiring recently and wanting to see – those types of guys get their finish, get their storybook ending, and I really want to see Yoel get that storybook ending. So, I like him in this one, man. I like Yoel a lot in this fight, and I'm going to take him, and maybe we'll end up with a trilogy down the line. Now, the other title fight is an interim title fight, and for the life of me, I don't understand why it is an interim title fight. I don't really get it. Um, because Tyron Woodley's been very active. We had Colby Covington on our midday show two, three weeks ago, and, you know, he's saying, well, 
Tyron's not that active. Like, as I, I mentioned, that Tyron was active, that he fought four times in a calendar year. And he's like, well, he's not that active because you, you elongate back. And I get what Kobe's saying, but, you know, I'd like to go off recent memory. In his title reign, he's been very, very active. And so I don't really understand why this is for an interim title for the life of me because Tyron Woodley says he's coming back in July, I think. Not July, August. He says he's going to be ready for 227. That's the, the target. So I don't even really get it. So let's say Hoffield, Dos Santos, or Kobe Covington both come out of this victorious. But let's say, they, let's say they beat the holy hell out of each other. Let's say this is a real, real tough step up and these guys beat the hell out of each other, win an interim belt. Is this going to be a case like Tony Ferguson where if they can't defend the belt at the real champ's notice, does it get taken away? Because now we've seen that precedent be set where if you're too banged up and you can't defend the interim belt, the interim belt gets taken away. I don't. I, I just don't understand what that's for. It almost feels like because Tyron Woodley was complaining so much about not getting big fights, not getting big fights, that they wanted to put this forth as a threat. If you don't fight the interim champ, they're going to become the champ. So either fight who we say are the contenders or 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 um, give up your belt. And so this is this seemingly is the reason for it. It's the best I can come up with. Is it seems like a power play against Tyron Woodley, which I'm sure will add to his case because Tyron Woodley is one of those guys who is uh, is always trumpeting the horn that there is a conspiracy against him, and he doesn't get treated well as as a champion. And you know, I, I think for him, like, does he do a little bit too much complaining? Probably. You know, he just. I think the thing with with Tyron, it's like we just hear it all the time. Like it's it's never. On the positive side, like Mighty Mouse gets screwed, but Mighty Mouse, you get you get to talk the cool stuff. It's like it feels like a tyrant. Like if you don't step on your words right, it's always coming to get you for uh, why he doesn't get this, why he doesn't get that. Either way, getting down to the fight of Rafael dos Anjos versus Kobe Covington, I think it shouldn't be for an interim title. I think that these guys are primed to say, "Well, whoever wins this fight should be good enough to." go and fight Tyron Woodley for the belt, and that should just be it. And I don't want to beat the interim thing, the topic, because I feel like we we beat it to death. It's just, to me, I don't get it. I, I mean, I understand that you want your titles because you feel like it adds a little bit more shine. I can say, like, look, if I, I open this show saying it's a two-title card next week, and that does feel like it is a little bit bigger. But... All it really is is gonna it's it's gonna it's gonna grow this little controversy tree, which is I guess always good for business. And if Colby wins, you certainly know that he has got the brashness where he is going to walk around in a in a in a Chael Sonnen-esque swag where he's gonna say that he is the real champ. And I guess that that can lead up to a cool fight with Tyron Woodley. I just I've always wished this. I've always wished with the interim belts because they do them in boxing too that they make them look different. If they make him look different, that'd be cool. If, if I can distinguish that the people I'm watching with, yeah, he wins that, that means he gets the next prize or shot the next prize. Just make it silver. Make it bronze. put Make it platinum. I don't care. Give it a different uh, leather color. Make it gold with blue. Make it a uh, it's martial arts. The championship belt's a black belt. Make that one a brown belt. I don't care. All I'm saying is I wish it looked a little different. That's it. Otherwise, I, and then I'd be fine with you throwing interim titles left and right. I just wish it didn't look exactly like the regular belt. So we got that. Um, getting to the fight, though, Colby Covington versus Rafael dos Anjos. The thing I'm concerned about with this with Colby 
is it's a big step up for him. He just beat the the, the brakes off of Damian Maya. But I am getting a little bit biased in my opinion that I am getting a little bit into the corner of the opinion is all right, is is Damian Maya washed? Because it feels like every wrestler is getting in there and doing the same thing to him. It was really laid out by Tyron. Colby did the same thing. Maybe they threw a, a little bit more in the hands of this department because, look, when Tyron fought him, it was it was no shots being thrown. I think it was fewest fights ever in a championship fight. Um, and then Kamar Usman, it was, it was kind of the same song and dance. So from my standpoint, I don't know if we know enough about Colby yet to know if he's ready for this kind of a test. I do know that... Watching his hands in that fight, I, I'm a little bit concerned that Dos Anjos can dust him a little bit in that in that regard. I mean, Dos Anjos has gone out there and 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 he's thrown those things. I mean, he just out he just outclassed Robbie Lawler. Now, the one thing with the Robbie Lawler fight that we got to mention because everybody goes to that. And look, you have Robbie Wal- Robbie Lawler on your resume as a win. It's hard to scoff at it at all. But I did watch that fight and. I thought it was very clear. And I didn't think this got a lot of coverage. I thought it was very clear that Robbie Lawler was fought fighting with a with a a, a, a ruptured ligament, something busted up his knee because he couldn't move. I mean, he's literally just sitting there taking a beating up against the cage, and he's just Robbie Lawler. He's psychotic, so they're not going to stop it. Um, but from my standpoint, I do f- I, I feel like that win gets a little bit fuzzy for me because. You know, you, you get this this win, oh, you beat the welterweight champ, but he clearly wasn't himself. Now, look, the guy steps into the cage, the guy steps into the cage, and the injuries happen. But I just don't think it should be overblown to the degree of, well, he outclassed him, look at the numbers. Like, yeah, man, he couldn't throw. And Robbie Lawler was psychotic and still trying to do anything that he could on one leg, basically. Um, had an impressive win over Neil Magny, impressive win over Tarek Safadin. So it does look like Rafael has found a good home here. I, I got to tell you, though, you know, there's a lot of made with the Darren Till, Wonderboy talks, and, and we talked about that last week, about even with Wonderboy looking like, in my opinion, he got the short end of the stick in that fight, I'm happy that Darren Till's still in the picture because I like having Darren Till in the title talks. I like having him as one of the top contenders. Um, And with Colby, it's a little bit of the same thing. Like, I want this new wave of Colby Covington, Darren Till, Kamara Usman, all these guys to really take the reins and and be those next guys because you know, we've been seeing we've been seeing the the Woodleys and the Mayas and the Wonder Boys and now Dos Anjos like we've seen he's been at 155. I'm into seeing some new blood, so I'd like to see that. Uh I just I look at this Covington fight and it worries me. It worries me for Colby that he that that he does he have the kind of thump back that he can go and get that win. I mean, look, the guy goes out there and he gets victories. So if we're going to talk about wrestling. He's obviously got the advantage there. But jujitsu-wise, you know, you give the slight nod to Rafael. And striking-wise, I think you give the nod to to Rafael. You talk about championship pedigree, I think you give it to Rafael. I think this just might be one of those things where I think it's going to be a bit of a learning curve for Colby. And so maybe he goes up there and he puts up a really good fight, but is he going to be able to figure this thing out if it gets into deep waters? You know, never been five rounds in his life. Rafael, he's a guy who has gone five rounds multiple times. He's lost five-round fights. 
He's won five round fights. Um, he's been a champion. He's lost his belt. He's now tried to climb back up in a new division. I I tend to lean that I think I think that the smart pick is is Rafael dos Anjos. But God, I don't want it to be. I really want to see what this character of Kobe Covington. And I know that you know, look, Kobe gets busted on a lot because people think, oh, it's forced. It's not the same. The guys, the, it's 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 a hard thing where you have to be on and come up with the witty line. Not everybody's Connor, man. Not everybody's Chael. And even Chael, I think people look at him these days and think it's a bit hokey pro wrestling. I like it, man. And I almost like it more when they don't have to go out there monologuing it, trying to figure out the smart thing to say, when they can just riff. Like, I remember when we had Kobe on the show. The guy was funny, man. The guy riffed. guy had good... Good, good one-liners can can uh, can can talk up a fight. I just think that man, I'd really much rather have Colby fighting Tyron Woodley next than Rafael dos Anjos. I just Rafael dos Anjos does nothing for me. Did nothing for me when they were trying to make Rafael dos Anjos versus Connor. I just have never tuned in thinking, man, I can't wait to see Rafael dos Anjos fight. It's just, it's not to take away his talent. It's just, it's just as a fan, I look at him just like. I know he's tremendous. I know he's great. It's just, I, I go into his fights, and I'm like, all right, let RDA's fighting. The guy's a badass, but what? So I want to see this next wave take over. Um, I don't know if I have the guts to pick Colby, because I do think that RDA is very, very good, but I'm telling you that I really want Colby to win. I really, really want Colby. So there's a couple of guys as far as my picks are concerned that I'm, I'm, I'm definitely leaning on a bias tilt on these things. We'll come back. We'll talk about the rest of the 225 cards. CM Punk's on this card, so we'll get into that conversation of whether or not he should be or not. And uh, some huge boxing matches. Tyson Fury's coming back. Uh, Terrence Crawford versus Jeff Horn's coming up next week. Santa Cruz Mars is coming up next week. A huge, huge weekend coming up on June 9th, so we'll get into all of it when we come back after this. Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, Fighters Fury, here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you. UFC 225 is next week. We got a big in on that one. Uh, so right now, I'm going Yoel Romero to beat Robert Whitaker. I'm going Rafael Desanos to edge Colby Covington. I think that's how that's going to roll. In the rest of the card, let's just roll through these real quick. Uh, Holly Holm versus Megan Anderson. I really don't know much about Megan Anderson. Full disclosure, I haven't watched her in Invicta. I'm excited to see her fight because I want to see if she can fight Cyborg. That's that's really the big key to me here. It's a huge test in taking on Holly Holm. Obviously, Holly's tremendous. Uh, this got moved up to the main card. And it's always, you know, it's with Holly, you know that you're going to have a very game fighter. She can go five rounds very, very easily. Um, she's the only person to go the distance with Chris Cyborg, but she hasn't done a whole lot of winning. I mean, her only her only win since knocking out Ronda Rousey's over Betch Goea. Uh probably should have beaten Jermaine Duran to me. I do think she got the hose job on that one. Um so from my standpoint, I, I'm gonna go with Megan Anderson, but I'm gonna to give you uh I'm gonna give you that with the caveat that I haven't watched her, but I've I'm a little bit I'm buying into the hype. And she is she's on a knockout streak. She's been She's been rolling through girls. She's been the interim champion, uh, the undisputed champion of featherweight for Invicta, and I think that I think I think Holly Holm can get got. I feel like she's in a little bit in of a, a gatekeeper mode when it's been these elite fights lately. Uh, Andre Orlovsky versus Ty Tuivasa. 
I love Ty Tuivasa. This dude, this is the dude who brought the shoey to our show, Tobin Leroy and Beast. Um, Ty Tuivasa is the guy I learned about the shoey from, and I want him to win very badly. I'm, I'm looking for youth, man. That's what I really like. I want to come out of this fight. This fight, the only old guy I want to win is Joel. But as far as the young, like I want Colby to win. I want Megan to win. I want Ty. I, I just feel like with the UFC, there is a there, there's a thing right now with. They're, they're on a bit of a breaking point with needing new faces, new stars, new people to follow. And the status quo is fine. Like, these are tremendous people and the guys who've been on top for a while. It's cool. But I like I like having the new blood up there. I like watching new things. And I think when you come out of these cards and the, and the veterans who have been winning it continue to win it, and it, it kind of it, it holds the new thing down. It bums me out a little bit. So from my standpoint... Um, that's what I want. And then you got Curtis Blades. I hope Curtis Blades gets the best of Alistair over. I think he is going to. I mean, his wrestling, he if he gets if he gets Alistair down, his wrestling's so damn good. Uh it's it's gonna be hard to imagine that he can't he can't will his way to get a win over Alistair. But Alistair's always got the uh the the touch of death on him. So that's a tough one. Claudia Gadell, Carlos Spars. I'm gonna go with the Sparza there. Uh, Ricardo Lamas is on the card. This is a stacked card, man. Richard Coulter uh, is going to be fighting Chris De La Roca. Huge, huge. Rashad Evans is on the prelims on Fight Pass, taking on Anthony Smith. Joseph Benavides, Sergio Pettis. Charles Oliveira, Charles, Charles Oliveira taking on Clay Guida. Just a huge card, man. It's a, this is a fun one. Really fun. Now, who did I leave out? Of course, I left out CM Punk. CM Punk is making his UFC return here. He's taking on Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson is a guy who is a part-time MMA, MMA journalist. He has one MMA fight. That was losing to Mickey Gall. He lost the UFC fight to him. That was basically the de facto, you get to go fight CM Punk. And there's been a lot of talk about Punk worthy of this. This is holding other fighters down. This is the way I think fighters should look at this. Look. Is he deserving of it? Obviously, he's not deserving of it. Obviously, he's not. And look, there's not a worse pick I've ever had in my career than picking CM Punk to win his UFC debut against Mickey Gall. I didn't know who Mickey Gall was. So I'm just like, hey, you know what? Maybe he can go out there bright lights. I don't know. He's been training at a legit gym. Um, maybe he can get the young fella. The young fella will get deer in headlights, and, and he could choke him out or something like that. Uh, turned, out to be, turned out to be a, a mauling. It was, it, was, it was so quickly over for CM Punk. The other thing that's going on with CM Punk right now, it, 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 as if he didn't need every waking moment to train to do well and look capable, um, he's been in a lawsuit. He's been in a defamation suit with the UFC, uh, with the WWE's doctor. He had this podcast back in the day with Colt Cabana where he was basically shooting on the UFC. and why uh, I keep saying UFC. He's shooting on the WWE, excuse me, why he wants to leave, why they screwed up his health, all this kind of stuff. Just blasted them. And he did on this guy's Cole Cabana's uh, podcast, and Cole Cabana was a buddy of his. And I believe since they, their relationship has soured a little bit. Um, but he's got to be in court this week. This is supposed to be like your last, uh, this was supposed to be your like last huge week of prep, and, and you got this stuff hanging over your head. I don't know, man. That's just, it, it seems like a lot. And, look, I don't know too much about Mike Jackson either. I know that he's got combat experience. That's not mixed martial arts, like kickboxing, boxing. And 
I don't know what to make of what an old CM Punk is supposed to do in the gym from the time that he's lost. So I am not going to pick CM Punk. I don't have the balls to do that. Um, If he does win, I will say this. If he does win and he beats Mike Jackson, that's a cool story. Good for CM Punk. I hope win or lose, this is it. I don't want to see him keep fighting in the UFC. I don't want them to continue feeding him 1-0 guys. Like The contract's fulfilled after this, hopefully. And that's it. I don't want to. I, I think because I don't even feel like the gimmick for this has that much shine. I haven't seen him do press. I haven't really seen him. You know, I, I haven't seen this title. The only thing I've seen from CM Punk is he said when people have said, uh, "Do you think you deserve a pay per view slot over Alistair Overeem?" He goes, "No." You know, but it is what it is. I, I wish I could be the the curtain jerker, be fighting first, but. If CM Punk was fighting first, like he wouldn't be fighting in the UFC. He's he's strictly there for a sellout of eyeballs. And the only thing I will say is if this is successful for Punk, and I wonder how successful it is because he's been away from the WWE for a while. Um, if it is a big draw, will they push forth even harder to have him uh, to have Floyd Mayweather fight in the UFC? Like if this does do big business for them, I do, th- and, and he's able to win. I think that's going to open up opportunities for the UFC to get a little bit more gimmicky, especially with the new ESPN deal and the owners being who they are. They have a new name, too. They're not even WME. What are they? They're like Endeavor or something like that? Something ridiculous. Um, I think that if CM Punk wins this fight, it opens up the floodgates a little bit to more craziness, more wacky fights, and... Look, I'm all for wacky fights. I, I'm I'm cool being in the circus tent, but I'll only go so many times for the same gimmick if you're getting your ass kicked. You know what I mean? So if it's CM Punk, if I go and see you lose twice, all right, we've been here. It's done. I don't really want to see it anymore. But for for Punk, you get this win. Like that's it, man. Like the the bucket list should be should be. You're not going to make a living being a professional UFC fighter. You just got too old, too much catching up to do. And I just, I, I, you know, I look, I, I'd be cool to see the story, but I also am worried about what a, what a CM Punk win would do to the UFC completely. Because I don't even know if this is worth it anymore. That, that's the thing. I think we've got to the point with CM Punk where it's just like, you know, what it is, his last one did... His, his debut did what? His debut did... Let me check it real quick. I can get this on Wikipedia. UFC 203 did an estimated 450,000 buys. Now, that's good. It's not great. It's not... Blo- I bet if he fought a lot... If, if CM Punk were to have fought closer to when he left the WWE and didn't have all those injuries, I would have guessed that probably would have been closer to 800,000. You know, he was one of the hottest wrestlers out there. So for him to pull that two years after signing with the UFC, two years putting off a fight, and they did almost half a million, it's an impressive number. I just wonder, after seeing him do it, are more people going to come back and fork over the $70 to watch him fight? Because I'd be more in the scope of seeing this card and saying it probably does 300000 If it does 300000 I don't know how much you can say that's going to be attributed to CM Punk as opposed to it just being an awesome card. But hell, the last card that they did in Brazil reportedly did 85,000. Maybe that's on the low end, but even if it did 100, that's not good for what the UFC is normally 
used to doing. But CM Punk winning can really, really send this thing in a wacky spot, especially when it when it is if you're if you're into watching Floyd Mayweather fight in the UFC, and I gotta be honest with you, if that happens, I'm into it. But only once. I only want to see it once, and I only want to see it against Connor. I only want to see those two standing in a cage facing each other. I don't want to see Floyd versus CM Punk. CM Punk's not a UFC fighter. I mean, technically he is, but he's not at the level of a UFC fighter. Idea is I want to see the best, just like with Connor and Floyd. I want to see a an all-time UFC fighter fight a guy who is an all-time boxer. That's the appeal to me. Not seeing an all-time boxer dip his toe in the water. That's not what I want to see. I don't want to see him just, oh, Floyd's fighting in a cage. This is different. No, it has to be against the right guy. So we'll check this out, but I'm not picking CM Punk this time. You burned, you burned me last time, Punk, so I can't do it this time. I can't pick you for this one. So that's UFC 225, man. When we come back, a lot of boxing things happening. Uh, Tyson Fury comes back next week. Exciting for the heavyweight division. Um, we got Jeff Horn versus T- uh, Terrence Crawford. And we got Sergio uh, Leo Santa Cruz against Abner Morris. A lot of boxing action to get to. We're back right after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back to Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. As we roll on, busy, busy preview week as next Sunday, next Saturday, is going to be absolutely slammed. We got UFC 225. Might need two hours next week to recap it all. UFC 225, we got that in. The whole CM Punk thing, everything that went down. Uh, we got our championship picks in. Let's get to the sweet science. So, next week, we'll start off with this. We got we got Tyson Fury, who's making his return. And we're into this for simply one reason. And that is because he is supposed to be fighting, he says. We know we've been down this road before. People have ducked out on our boy, the champ, Shannon the Cannon. But he says that he wants to fight Shannon. So, here we go. Here, here This was uh, Tyson Fury this past week. This is the message for the champ, Shannon Briggs. Let's go, champ. The story is, Shannon, the boxing border control in England won't pass you. You're too old. So that means I'm going to have to come to U.S. and knock your ass out, Cannon. So that was him on uh, Instagram. Now he's starting to engage with Shannon. And you don't want to do that. Look, that's, that is, um, that's a risky move by Tyson. But... It does seem like he's still into the fight, at least based on these posts. And I hope that is the case. I'm telling you, this is the fight we need. And I don't know who this dude is he's fighting. We talked about that. This is witness, he's fighting witness protection this upcoming week. I don't know who this is. Sefer Sefri, I believe, is the guy's name. He's a cruiserweight. He's Albanian. He's, uh, he's 100 years old. Tyson Fury should steamroll him. If he loses this, he's got serious, he's got bigger problems than Shannon Briggs. Trust me. But I, I, I want him to, to look good. I want this to be promising. And I, and I want this to be a point where he is uh, he's confident enough in his skill sets, almost gets over cocky, that he wants to uh, get in there with Shannon Briggs. I don't want him being any shakiness. So don't look too good out there, Sefer Sefri, because I want this to all set up to get to Shannon in hopefully September. And if it's in America, I mean, we're going. If it's in London, I may be going. got to be honest with you. If, if Shannon Briggs is taking on Tyson Fury uh, on any part of the, the, the earth, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I got to get there to see that fight. It, to, to think of how much we've been following this journey, if he gets the opportunity to go over to fight Tyson Fury, the former Little champion, to me, it makes, Tyson, it makes uh, Shannon the Cannon Breaks champ. 
which makes him heavyweight champion because Tyson Fury has never really lost his belts. They got taken away. So that's an interesting thing. That's an interesting thing to see how they, uh, they that unfolds. Now, next week, here's what else we got. So we got this is Terrence Crawford taking on Jeff Horn. And this is a fight that was delayed. I think it was supposed to take place in April. And now it's been put, it got pushed back. I think it was a hand injury by Terrence Crawford. And it's going to be on ESPN Plus for you guys to watch this. So you got to subscribe your little extra, little extra, I think five bucks to make this thing happen. It's going down in Vegas. And this will be interesting for Jeff Horn because I think this is the first time Jeff Horn has fought outside of Australia in his entire career. He has been, yep in Australia for his entire run. And his last fight, he uh, beat uh, Gary Conqueron and, you know, was able to get a late finish against him. Didn't look fantastic. The Manny Pacquiao fight is obviously the big one that's on Jeff Horn's resume. I thought it was a bogus decision. Didn't even think it was close. I think he landed 18% of his punches in the fight. It was complete garbage. And, you know, the people even make arguments with him. Like, oh, he's going forward. He's going forward. It's like, man... Going forward and doing what? Like th- that's the question. You're walking towards somebody. I-, I thought this was a fight. What are we doing here? Um, he's going up there against Terrence Crawford, who right now to me is he's the guy who hits with the baddest intentions, pound for pound, on the planet. And so, you know, Jeff Horn, he's uh, he, he you know he he tried to play that bully game with Manny Pacquiao. Manny's five five. Terrence Crawford's five eight. Is he coming up in weight? Is he a little less natural of a what's weight? I guess you could say so, but a lot of guys grow into that. Um, he just he he just hits like an absolute Mack truck. He's got the reach on Jeff Horn, and to me, I think he breaks him down pretty easily, man. I don't think this is going to be a very close fight, quite frankly. I think Terrence Crawford is going to buzzsaw Jeff Horn. I think it's his comeuppance. I really do. I think Jeff Horn is going in there. You know, Jeff Horn got in, in with Manny Pacquiao, and he got lucky, and a lot of guys have gotten lucky with Manny because if you took on Manny Pacquiao, when Manny was Pac-Man, when he was at at his prime, and he was just steamrolling folks, man, and he did it with just the intentions to continue putting you on the floor and break your will. Manny Pacquiao on the other side of his career, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, Manny has no power anymore. Manny has no power. It's like Manny rarely had dead you power. That's not how he broke people. Manny would break people down. That's how he would stop fights. And the reason he doesn't do that anymore at least part of my theory, part of it's getting older, and I'm not going to discount it all being this, but I think a huge, huge part of what Manny Pacquiao, why it's why the, the stoppages have, have, have ceased for him. He got too nice. Too nice a guy. Manny Pacquiao is a sweetheart, especially against fellow boxers, and I thought he got to that point in, in the Jeff Horn fight where he got to, the, I think it was the ninth round, put him on his ass. Fight probably should have been stopped, and it wasn't. They kept going. He eased up, man. He eased up, man. You know, Jeff Horn didn't take that fight. Manny Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao, if you even thought he had a mathematical chance to lose that fight, which he obviously did not, and I didn't. I don't think anybody with half a brain did. Uh, the only people that did were the were the wallaby yahoos who were doing the scorecards there. You know, that's that's to me that to me is why you don't see the same Manny Pacquiao. It's just it's just a mentality that he's he's not there to destroy anymore. He's there to just get a paycheck, look a little flashy, but you know, he's put guys on his, on their ass in plenty of fights. I mean, even people are like, "Ah, there's no power." Nah, he put people go back on Manny Pacquiao's fights. He's put a lot of people on their ass even since the the uh aforementioned Miguel Cotto card. Like 
knocked Chris Algieri down uh, six times, knocked uh, knocked Tim Bradley down, knocked Jeff Horn down. So he's putting a lot of people on the canvas. A lot of Brandon Rios put him on the canvas. Like putting a lot of dudes on the canvas. It's just a fact of he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that that blood anymore. He's not. He's not a shark. Manny Pacquiao is not a shark anymore. And the problem that Jeff Horn is about to face, he's going in there with a tiger shark, a guy who just goes in there like a wrecking ball to go finish people. I mean, it's very rare you get in there with Terrence Crawford and it's getting finished now or it's going to the judges now guy finishes fights he finishes fights that's what he does and I don't think this is going to be any different I think he's going to I think he's going to to finish Jeff Horn sometime in the middle of the fight I'll say like seventh round if if I had to if I had to put a number on it middle rounds but it's 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 going to be bad for Jeff Horn I think so I really think you, you you're you're fighting out of the friendly confines of Australia going to Las Vegas you're fighting a guy who really, I think for him, this could be his leap up as far as maybe getting the Manny Pacquiao fight or getting a much bigger fight than Jeff Horn. To me, it's too much. Too much for, for Jeff Horn to handle in this upcoming fight. And we have also a rematch, Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Mars. I'm going to go with Santa Cruz to uh, to get the rematch in in this one. And so that's a fun that's a fun that's a fun week next week, man. We gotta we got ourselves a, a packed, packed week. As far as the fight game is concerned, we'll have all the recaps for you here on the show. Have you guys uh, tune in and, and and post it to everything as far as uh, what we got going on. I wanted to mention one thing before I got out of here. Um, so we were talking last week. We had a big conversation last week about making weight, and I think that'll be also another conversation that obviously we got to keep out for. You can't have a fight week in the UFC without worrying whether or not a certain someone's going to make weight. So I would say sometime in the middle of the week, Darren Till's sponsor, Paddy Power, they're an Australian bookie company, I believe is what they do. They take bets. And he they released a video of his weight cut. And it was it was very, very drastic to watch. Like many it was it was uh they're making him run on a treadmill. They're making him they're 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 putting him under blankets, doing the sauna, passes out in the sauna, says he he lost lost his sight from dehydration at one point. And, you know, I saw a lot of people talking about what are we doing anymore? Uh, how are we How are we allowing guys to continue to do this? The worst part of the sport. This is the worst part of the sport. Like, guys, we are watching fight. We are watching fighting. Um, there, there has to be a, 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 any method that can be made to make it healthier for fighters or better for fighters. Has to, I, I'm all for being taken. But it also has to be recognized that we tune in every Saturday night watching something that's very unhealthy and very much on the fringes of society. Two guys in a cage or in a ring using their fists or other uh, their other amenities on their body to do inflict damage, to concuss, to stop, uh, and to ultimately win a fight. And weight cutting has been part of the sport for a long, long time. I think, though... The problem that mixed martial arts is dealing with is a culture issue with weight cutting. That too many guys are trying to leap too low to get to where they are, or they try to do it too short. They don't do it over a camp like boxers do. So, from my standpoint, watching the Darren Till video, I 
the one, the one, here's the one info because I, I was pretty hard on Darren Till last week and the idea that he gets to uh, to leap as a contender and which he did. He by the way, he came I think number three overall in the rankings or number two. And though those things may be screwy, they do matter because the rankings are what they are. They 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 dictate. They give a blueprint and, and people people uh, people go to them as a as a tool. So Darren Till took a big leap with his narrow win over Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I think he leaped six spots. And I think I still stand by, uh, even with knowing the details, that, yeah, if you miss weight, I just think if you're amongst a pool of contenders, there has to be there there has to be some consequence for that. I realize now that something personal happened. He had to go to the emergency room. They're not really releasing a lot of details. I've heard that had something to do with his girlfriend from various podcasts or, or MMA sites where they're like, yeah, it's something to do with his girlfriend and baby. And look, obviously when you're talking about the life of your child and, and then being brought into the world, there are some things that e- even the craziest, craziest life events have to take priority over your work. And that's probably one of them. So I'm not saying Darren Till does get the pass. And I think he handled missing weight and barely beating wonder boy, like an absolute champ, like a guy who will be a champion, saying that I don't care about the title shot right now, I don't deserve the title shot right now, I'll take on all comers, give me Usman, give me anybody. It's hard not to come out of this week liking Darren Till more. But watching a video of him, you know, cutting weight doesn't make me uh, – it doesn't make me want to make change to the sports. It's, it's a realization that people got to wake up and realize – you know, those guys don't just roll out of bed to get into that cage. They're doing, everybody's doing this. They're just not all putting it out on film like Darren Till is or Darren Till's sponsor is. So when you see something like this, when you see this, when Paige Van Zandt does it, when Joanna does it, it is a good reminder of what these people do to get into that cage every single night. But it's not a call for help necessarily to absolutely overturn what i think does need to happen is there has to be there has to be smarter ways to get to those weights over a camp than there does this drastic drastic weight cutting that's going on because you know like the idea of max holloway cutting 30 pounds in a week that's just crazy you know in a real in in the real world max holloway should be cutting that 30 pounds over a nine-week camp slowly surely being in prime shape and too many times it's just like you know, we're doing nothing but a water dump and getting everything out so we could just be absolute monsters and that's why Darren tells the gorilla that's why he's bragging about it. it should be illegal for him to fight at welterweight all that stuff uh which makes him very charismatic but uh from my standpoint uh there needs to be uh the, there needs to be more of a cultural shift but I do think that Darren tell handled all that stuff like a champ his comments after the fight were very very gracious to Wonder Boy and dude dude still has a fan of me i'm very very excited to watch the rise of of what he brings and what he brings to the welterweight division it's a very very fun division as far as a lot of new names are involved um but a lot of things do have to get worked out as well uh everybody enjoy the fights next week thanks for tuning in to fighters fury
We'll talk to you guys same time, same place next Sunday morning. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.